You're listening to the Scottsdale Podcast, which features our Sunday sermons. If you would like to learn more about what God is doing in the life of Scottsdale Baptist Church, visit our website at scottsdale.org. Enjoy and be challenged by the word of the Lord. Good morning, Scotts Hill. My name is Garrett Burns. I have the privilege of serving uh, on staff here as one of our pastors over our small group ministry and over our young adult college ministry. Uh, As Pastor Phil mentioned last week, he is enjoying a much-deserved break and vacation with his wife and some others as he is cruising around the Mediterranean Sea. I'm sure we all wish that we could have that kind of refreshing. But for the rest of us here this morning, we are finishing up a series that we are calling Renew, Renew. And so far we've seen our need for renewed minds. We looked at Romans chapter 12, verse two, and we saw that we're not to be conformed, not allow the the culture and the world to conform us into its image, but instead we should be transformed by the renewal of our minds through the Holy Spirit and through God and his word. And then the second week we saw We are to have renewed worship. We looked at Romans chapter 12, took a step back to verse one, and we saw that worship begins ultimately in our hearts. We need to have a renewed heart so that our posture is correct as we approach uh, and revere and even fear our God who has created us. And we are called to worship, not just here on Sunday mornings or at midweek on Wednesday nights or with the college ministry on Monday nights, but we are called to worship every day, every moment in all places and with all people. And then last week we saw that we are to have a renewed walk. We looked at Ephesians chapter five and we saw in the first 21 verses, four ways that we are called to have a renewed walk. And I believe prayerfully that we have been, we have been walking in those ways as a church, as God's word transformed us. And this morning we are rounding out our series where I know that we all feel the need for renewal. And that is in the area of our strength. We need renewed strength. And church, if I can just share with you, if there has ever been a season of my life, it is this season where I need renewed strength. Many of you guys know that my wife and I had our first child seven months ago this week. And so he hit seven months on Tuesday. And so with all of the, the extra laundry and cleaning and feeding and crying and, and bathing and diapers and bottles, my wife is exhausted doing all of it. And I'm exhausted watching her. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We, I, think we have, I think we have a good system. I think we have a good system together, mutually caring for our child. But the reality remains that my strength is low in this season of my life. I actually think that's why the pastors decided to give me this one. They're like, you know, we've seen you walk into the office a little, a little too tired over the past seven months. And so here you can, you can, you can study this yourself. And I'm excited to be able to share it with you this morning as we look at God's word together. And it's true that exhaustion, fatigue, burnout, feebleness, faintness, weariness, when we, when we pass people and we ask them how they're doing, just the busyness of life. We ask them how they're doing. If they're serious with us, if they don't just say, oh, I've never been better as, the, as we go our separate ways. If they're serious, one of the first things that you hear is that, man, I'm just really tired. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm weary in this season. And life is so busy. 
I feel like I can't catch up. All of these different words and and phrases and adjectives, they unfortunately characterize our circumstances and they're far too accurate in describing how we really feel most of the time. And so we all feel it and our bodies, our souls, they're panting for refreshment and they're desperate for renewal. And so we know that it's true. Everybody here knows that it's true. And is is it just because life is busy? Is there no hope? Is it just because life is busy or are there other more particular reasons? Why do we so often find ourselves low on zeal, low on energy, and then ultimately low on our strength? As I've looked, I believe I can identify five prominent reasons that we are drained of our strength. And the first one is that we're just searching in the wrong places. So we know it's true. We know it's tired. We're not kidding ourselves but we're searching for strength in the wrong places. And this inevitably leads us to a place of needing renewal, right? Contemporary culture has a lot of answers for us. They're, they're full of answers, but they're not the ones that bring the rejuvenation that we need. We have false and fraudulent forms of strength that are calling out to us all the time. We see, we see emotional frauds in the form of strength. I think of hype, like the pregame speech that you see in locker rooms, or you don't really see it in locker rooms, that you hear it in locker rooms, or you see on the football field when the quarterback or the captain or whoever is in the middle of the huddle and he's pounding everybody's chest, and then, and then they go out and they're really hyped up but it doesn't last. Or we think of Braveheart and William Wallace as they're about to, about to charge and he's yelling, freedom! Getting everybody hyped up, but it doesn't really last. It's just, it's like a sugar rush of strength. There's a high, but then there's a low as well. It's an emotional fraud in the form of strength. We also see physical frauds. When I was at UNCW, we used to have shirts everywhere because there was a coffee shop and it said, UNCW runs on Duncan. And for my first well, I took five years in undergrad. My five years of college, I ran on Duncan. I really did. Always, always, that's when I really got into coffee. But we see people who work out, they take this pre-workout that gets them all scratchy and, and jittery and hyped up on caffeine. We have all, we have, go down an aisle in the grocery store and you will see so many energy drinks. Alani's, Celsius, Bang, Red Bull, it gives you wings because we're so low. We feel like we need, we need something to help us soar. There are all these, these fraudulent forms of strength that we can find in the physical nature. But then maybe we know that it's not those two. Maybe we know that we don't just need hype because it doesn't last. Maybe we know we just can't chug bang energy drinks forever or a five hour energy every five hours. So we know there's something more to us. Maybe it's spiritual, but there are spiritual frauds as well in the form of rejuvenation. I think particularly of this empty meditation, Eastern meditation that is coming and it's, it's everywhere. My wife has, at her work, she has a gym and so she can sign up for classes. She signed up for a yoga class and she almost had to walk out just because of the stuff that they were saying and communicating in it and emptying of your mind and finding the divine inside of you and all of these different things. We see it in elementary schools where kids are being taught this empty draining of yourself meditation, whether in the classroom or in PE classes. I think of when I worked at the Y as an intern in college, sometimes we would do we would help people recovering from cancer. And we did a lot of laying on the floor on cold tiles and just imagining ourselves being emptied of everything. That's a fraudulent form of strength renewal. It's not real. So we're searching in the wrong places outside of ourselves. But then the second thing is that we're searching in the self. 
We're searching in the self and this is also wrong. The advice we hear is to, is to look inward and maybe we won't grow weary or, or even make sure we take care of number one and we'll be all right or focus in on yourself and the stresses and the strains of life will melt away. What we need is a little bit more pampering. We need another spa day to rejuvenate ourselves. What we need is some more me time or as the popular show Parks and Rec coined, we need some treat yourself time. I just need a little, I just need a little time to treat myself. And it's not that those things are bad in and of themselves, but they're not gonna bring the renewal that we need in our inner being. And so the issue is that as we spend too much time in the mirror and on the self, we fail to recognize our own reality in light of a big God and his purposeful calling on our lives. A third reason is that we're neglecting personal devotion. We're neglecting personal devotion. Far too often the issue isn't where we're searching or, or how we're expending ourselves, but simply that we're neglecting our times of personal devotion. And we want the me time, but we won't fill it with the only thing that actually gives us the sustenance that we need. And we'll dig into this a little bit later this morning, but it's sufficient to say at this point that it is a grave mistake to unplug ourselves or to disconnect ourselves from the creator and the sustainer of all life. To do so will naturally move us to a place of emptiness. And then we come to a fourth thing. And number four is that we're simply spent on ministry. This is a good thing probably if we're not stretching ourselves too far. We're spent on doing the things the Lord has called us to do. Not all reasons that we're low on strength are, are bad reasons. I think of the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, when he says, I will most gladly spend and be spent for you. He is spending of himself and he's being spent. He is draining himself for the sake of other people and ministry. And many of you here this morning you guys need your strength renewed, not because you're looking in the wrong places or, or you're focused on yourself, but because you're spending and being spent in the work that God has called you to do. You're leading small groups, you're teaching Bible studies, you're volunteering in our student ministry, our kids ministry, our college ministry, our primetime ministry, you're counseling your neighbors, you're raising up godly children. There is work to be done in the kingdom of God. And as we await the second coming of Christ, it's a good thing to invest your time and your talents and treasures into a way of life that has benefits in this life and in the life to come. But the fact remains, it still leaves us tired and drained. And so the fifth reason, the final reason is that we have spiritual battles that we're fighting. This is draining. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse nine, he says, resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. It is a reality in a world that is marred and marked by sin and a humanity that is marred by the rejection of righteousness, that we're gonna fight spiritual fires and we're gonna be putting them out to various degrees. And it is, we must exercise strength in order to actively resist the evil one and to stand firm in our faith. And so this is a good thing, but it can be an exhausting thing. There are many reasons, some quite good, some not so much for why everyone in this room has felt probably is feeling or most certainly will feel drained and low on strength and need their strength renewed. So what does God's word have to say to our weary hearts 
this morning. That's what we're gonna look at. But first, let's pray. Let's have the right kind of ears and hearts and minds that are ready to receive this. And then, then we will hear from he who knows best. So bow with me, please. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to hear from you. And thank you that you have preserved your word over thousands of years so that we can hear from you, that we can know you, that we can have a relationship with you and that we can be molded and transformed into the kind of people that you would like us to be in this world. Would you soften our minds? Would you soften our hearts? Uh, Would you cultivate a soil there that is ready to receive what you have to plant and to grow in us? We ask this in the name of Jesus, amen. So we'll be in chapter 40, mostly of Isaiah. This morning, chapter 40 begins after a harsh rebuke, really, to God's people, that there is an exile coming, there is a just judgment coming because of their own sin. But here we see in our verses 25 through 31, we see the reality that within God's own character, he cannot, he cannot forget his own covenant people. And so our passage in Isaiah answers a question in our own hearts that we ask probably more often than we realize, and that is, where's my hope? Where's my hope in this season? Where does hope fit into my life? Where does my help come from? When life is hard and I feel beaten and I feel drained and I feel depleted, where and how will my strength be renewed? We find an answer to this in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning in verse 25. He says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Look up and see, who created these? He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name because of his great power and strength. Not one of them is missing. So Jacob, why do you say in Israel, why do you assert that my way is hidden from the Lord and my claim is ignored by my God? Do you not know and have you not heard The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding and he gives strength to the faint and he strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become faint. They will walk and not grow weary. God's word teaches us this morning that the humble receive renewal from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. It's our bottom line this morning. The humble receive renewal from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. And in our verses this morning, we will see a path of hope and a path toward the renewal of our strength. So let's dig in. There'll be three points for you who are note takers. The first point, the initial truth we recognize if we are to be renewed in our strength is that we have to have a right understanding of ourselves. This isn't the same as looking to ourselves for our strength, but it is a right understanding of ourselves that brings about a humility a right knowledge of self that will bring about our humble attitude. And as our bottom line indicates from Isaiah, it is the humble that receive. And so where does our text put this on display? Where do we see this? We see it right in verse 30 when he says that youths may become faint 
and weary and young men stumble and fall. The picture here is not that only young people stumble and fall and that only youths become faint and weary. The idea is that even the most lively, even the most spry, even those who are chosen for their strength, even they will not be able to sustain themselves. Even they will grow faint and weary and tired and stumble and fall. And so unfortunately, those of you who have served in VBS over the years with those lovely and and spry and energetic young ones, you haven't been privileged to experience this faintness and this weariness that comes. Their strength and their vitality seems to be never ending, at least until they go home and crash for their afternoon nap. But the truth is there is nobody that escapes the faintness of losing our physical stamina or the weariness that comes just from the difficulty of life. And so a humility has to arise in our hearts that comes to terms with the truth. Not that just that there are moments of times where we need strength outside of ourselves, but a humility that says, I am not sufficient in and of myself. I have been created by a creator, but I have not been created with a battery. I have been created with a cord and with a plug, and I have to find my strength outside of myself. And he has created me in a way that can receive it. You must know yourself to see your need and cultivate an attitude that's ripe to receive. I'm gonna say that again. You must know yourself to see your need and cultivate an attitude that is ripe to receive. That attitude is humility. Paul recognizes this himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine. He says, but he said to me, that's God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Not your own grace. You're not sufficient in yourself, but my grace is sufficient for you. For whose power? God's power. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, if that's true, Paul says, I'm gonna boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Humility in your smallness is the first step in the path to renewed strength. I had a roommate in college, that fifth year I was talking about, that fifth year he moved in and he, he didn't really get out much, I suppose. He was from Asheville. He moved in for, for a job and he had never been to the coast. So he had never seen the ocean. And so it was like the second day and we were, we were like, well, we gotta get this guy to the beach. And so we got off work and when we finished up classes, we hopped in the car and went to the beach. We went down to Johnny Mercer's pier. And if you know Johnny Mercer's pier, you can't really see the beach yet. There's a little bit of a, a crest as you walk up on the beach and then you can see it. And so we get out of the car and the first thing he says is, what's that sound? And I'm like, man, I don't know, seagulls, bro. I, I re- it sounds like life to me. I, I don't know. What, he's like, what's that sound? I was like, I don't know, man. The beach is that way. Let's, let's go that way. And so we start walking and we come up over We come up over onto the sand where those bathrooms are and we start walking. He gets two steps into the sand and he falls on his knees. I was like, bro, are you all right? Do I need to call somebody? He's like, man, this is what he said. He said, it's so big. He said, the ocean, it's so big. And I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty big. And he says, it just keeps on going. And I was like, well, you hit Africa eventually, but it does, (laughs) it does, it does keep going for a little while. But he had an awe for what he was seeing and he recognized how small he was in light of how big creation was. And we have to have an abundant awareness of how small we are, but not just in light of creation, but in light of the one who created it. 
You and I have been created for a purpose, but we'll never be able to walk in that purpose for any length of time if we don't recognize our need outside of ourselves. Maybe it's the ocean that does it for you. It was the Grand Canyon for me a couple years ago. Maybe it's mountains, maybe it's Niagara Falls. Whatever moves you to that point, for you and I, we ultimately find our source of strength somewhere else. It's the humble that receive renewal from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. So you must know yourself to see your need and cultivate an attitude that's ripe to receive. But you have to know also where to go in order to get what you've been created to receive. And that's point number two. First, you must know yourself. Second, you must know your source. As the psalmist in Psalm 121 says, it says, I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Our help comes from our source. Our source is the Holy One. And Isaiah reminded the Israelites of this God's reminding us of it again this morning in verses 25 through 29. Who is this holy one? It says, to whom will you compare me? God talking. Who is my equal? Asks the holy one. Look up and see who created these. Did you? He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. And because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you say Israel? God's people, why do you assert that my way is hidden from the Lord and my claim is ignored by my God? Do you not know and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth and he never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and he strengthens the powerless. What we see here is incredible. And maybe you've never seen it before. Maybe you've grown numb to it, but God is the omnipotent, all powerful creator and caregiver for his people. There is nobody that compares to the Holy One. It's the Holy One who measures the waters in his hand and gathers up the dust into a basket, as it says a few verses earlier in 12 who nobody is wise enough to give him counsel and who he never asks anybody else for their understanding as it says in 13 and 14, who in verse 15 says he considers the nations just a speck of dust. In verse 22, he sits on a throne above the universe. And even as we sang, he stretches out the heavens and the skies like a canopy. He brings princes and rulers and nations down to nothing. He is sovereign over nature. And as we read in verse 26, he created the stars and he calls them by name. If we are to know our source, verse 28 is not a rhetorical question for us this morning. It demands an answer from each of us. Have you not heard? Do you not know that the Lord is the everlasting God? He is the creator of the whole earth. And he does all of this. And it says he never grows faint or weary. It took him nothing to accomplish all of this. Colossians tells us that he is the creator and the sustainer of all of the universe. And he did it just by speaking. And he didn't ask you for your help. And he didn't ask me for my input. And Jesus tells us that he rested on the seventh day, really not because he needed it, he never grows faint or weary, but the Sabbath is not for God, but for his people. He did it for us as a model for our own rest. A few weeks ago, two weeks ago, the young adults in our church 
uh, had the opportunity to participate in something that we call College Serve Week. And so it's a, a week where we get together and it's a, it's a local mission trip. And so if they don't go home, they spend the night here on campus and we get to partner with ministry partners and strategic partners serving all throughout the day with church members and our partnership with Baptist Children's Home, delivering meals with people, praying with people, working in the urban garden, all kinds of things. At night, we sit under teachings. We saw how the whole Bible connects from Genesis to Revelation and we practice sharing the gospel with people. And then on Saturday, they have meetings planned with families family and friends and coworkers and classmates, and they go share the message of hope of life eternal. They share the message of the gospel with people. So all week long, and you probably think that I'm about to talk about how exhausting it was and how we needed strength or how we were strengthened, but I'm not. I'm just going to talk about the food. And so all week, Miss Brenda, shout out to Miss Brenda and her team. They supplied us with food all week long. It was wonderful. And on two of the dinners in particular, not back to back, but on two of the dinners, they served garlic bread. And I love garlic bread. If you look at my freezer, I got some Texas toast there right now, just for whenever I want it. I always take, this doesn't matter, but I take the crust off because it's just, it's just too, too crunchy and it hurts my gums. But the inside, ugh, it's so cheesy and garlicky and buttery. It's delicious. Anyway, so I love garlic bread. So the first night I go through this garlic bread line, or I go through the food line. It just, it's just about garlic bread for me. And so the bowl is full, it's overflowing. And so I nab three of them. And then I come back for a fourth one uh, later to close it out. But the second time, a few days later, I went through and there were only three there. There were only three left. And so instead of taking three, I took one, I took one this time. So what was the difference, All right? Did my love of garlic bread change? No, never. Did my appetite shift? Not that night. The only difference was the measure of how much was in the bowl. And I felt like I couldn't take my normal quota of garlic bread because there wasn't enough to go around. And maybe it's something different for you. Maybe it's mac and cheese in the big old tin pan and you got 20 people behind you, but there's only a little bit. And normally you take two heaping scoops, but you don't wanna be that guy or that girl. And so you take a half a scoop. Really, there's still not enough left for 20, but you don't wanna, look, you don't wanna take the last bit, you know? Or maybe it's some, a bag of chips or, or peanut M&Ms. I don't know, whatever, whatever you fancy whatever it is for you that you love. But our God isn't like that. The Holy One isn't like that. His strength and his power is immeasurable and never failing. And he has all of the strength in the world to sustain us as our source. But unfortunately, far too often, we treat him like a half empty bag of chips or a depleted bowl of garlic bread. And we only take a little bit or we know he has enough for all that we need. God has enough strength for everyone and he invites us all to receive from him. God has all of the strength imaginable, but our source, the Holy One, isn't just able to give us strength. God's word encourages us this morning that he does give us strength. Verse 29, he gives strength to the faint. He strengthens the powerless. The words here, they build on their weight. He teaches us that God both gives and is giving in abundance the strength his people need if they would go to him for it. 
And brothers and sisters, this is incredibly important. As we, as we go to him, we're called to go to him with expectation. We're called to go to him as we pray to him for strength. We're called to believe and have faith in the prayers that we're praying, actually believing that God is who he says he is and will do what his covenant says that he will do. He doesn't just, he isn't just able to give us strength, but in fact, he does give us strength if we would go to him for it. He is a good father and he is a good gift giver. So you must know yourself so that you're humble to receive. You must know your source so that you can go to the giver of strength. And lastly, you must know how to plug in so that you can finally be renewed. The third point this morning is to know your supply chain. This is the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given us access to the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. It is the humble that receive renewal from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is he who strengthens us to walk in all that we are called to accomplish. We find this truth for you and I in the New Testament. Jesus, the son of God, he became a man in part to experience our need for strength. And before he ascended into heaven, he promised to us someone who would help us in this life, the Holy Spirit. And this truth is never more clear than in Paul's writings in Ephesians chapter three, verses 16 and to end the sentence 17a. He says, I pray that he, God, may grant you according to the riches of his glory, he's got it, to be strengthened with power in your inner being, how? Through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The supply route of our strength comes from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. And that is how the final words of Isaiah in our passage this morning, they come to fruition in our lives. When we walk with the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are, as verse 31 indicates, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength Those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not become faint. The tap that brings us the renewal of strength is opened and closed depending on our trust. That's what God speaks to us this morning. It is those who trust in the Lord who will receive a renewal of the strength that they need through the Holy Spirit. Many of you this morning feel like God's people did 2,500 years ago. God's people were tired, they were exhausted, they were weary, and they wondered as verse 27 indicates, is God listening, is God hearing me? Does he care for me at all? And the weariness of a broken world and the result of their own sin was weighing them down. They needed strength renewal to overcome sin and darkness. And they didn't know how to receive it. You and I live in the same broken world and we fight the flesh as they did. You guys are fighting uphill in your marriages. You're fighting addictions to pornography. You're fighting the mental battles of loneliness and anxiety and depression. You're battling the schemes of the evil one, Satan. You're battling unbelief itself as as you look at your, your heart and you're trying to walk by faith, but all you can see with your eyes are things to the opposite. You're battling arguments and lofty opinions, as God's word says, that are raised against God. 
We're weary people. We're tired. We're insufficient in and of ourselves. We have to put our trust elsewhere. And today we see that the tap turns on through our trust in God. And church, when we do that, when we trust God, we are more like verse 28 than we are like verse 30. In verse 28, it says, he never becomes faint or weary. That's God. Youths, even the best of us, humanity may become faint and weary. But if we trust in the Lord, we will renew our strength. We will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not become weary. We will walk and not grow faint. Why? The Hebrew text is not saying that our human strength is going to be replenished. It's not a replenishing, it's a renewal. God's word encourages us with something better. One commentator said about the renewing of our strength. He says, it comes to mean to put on fresh or more accurately to keep putting on fresh strength. And it's a different strength as if people become eagles, a strength brought about by transformation, something we're about here at Scotts Hill. It is divine strength. It is a strength like the Lord's own. It's not just filling up the engine with the same old gasoline. It's an emptying and a renewal of the kind of gas we need altogether. Trust turns the tap on to a God-like strength the kind of strength that does not faint and does not become weary, not because it is our strength, but because it is from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. It is in fact, God's strength in us. And so if the humble receive renewal from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit, how do we plug into this supply chain and our source of strength with the right attitude and humility. In what ways has God gifted us the ability to receive this renewal of strength that we so desperately need? My challenge to each of you is to trust God in these four ways that he has given us to receive renewal. The first is through supplication. The first is through supplication. It starts with our prayer life. We can receive renewed strength by going to him and asking for that which we need. It is God's good pleasure to give us what we need in order to accomplish his will for our lives. We are to walk and accomplish the good deeds that he has prepared beforehand for his people to walk in. And so he certainly desires to give us the strength we need to succeed in those tasks. And what is a more obvious sign to God that we trust him, have our hope in him, are willing to wait on him than by going to him on our knees in prayer and asking him for that which only he can give us. So it's through supplication, but it's also through scripture. It's also through scripture itself, both the intake of it and the meditation of it. The Holy Spirit works through God's word to sustain and strengthen us. That's why Isaiah can say in another chapter that his word goes out and it always reaps a harvest. The word of God is necessary. It is God's word that created the heavens and the earth as he spoke it. 
It's through God's word that we know his strength is everlasting. As we looked at this morning, it's through God's word that he was willing to give it as we looked at this morning. It's through God's word that salvation comes is what it says in Romans 10. It's through God's word that we are equipped for every good work. It's through God's word that you are strengthened and you are built up as it says in Acts 20. We cannot sacrifice our times of personal devotion in supplication and in scripture. Jesus modeled for us how necessary it was for him as he went away to lonely places to be with his father. And how can we as students think that we are greater than the teacher? We need our times with our heavenly father. Third, we receive renewal through surrender. We receive renewal through surrender. This is a life of obedience to God. It's not easy, but it is in the life of surrender that you will find the strength of God to continue. Think again of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, this time in verse 10. Paul says, so I take pleasure in my weaknesses, my insults, my hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties. Why? Because he is surrendering his life. We know that he is, these things are coming to him because he is living for the kingdom, because it is for the sake of Christ. So when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus himself tells us that his burden of obedience takes strength, but it is light as he supplies the strength. Paul declares of his own life in Colossians chapter one, that as he toils and he works for the kingdom, he does so according to the strength that God provides. Many times our strength does not come before we need it, but as we need it. Many times our strength does not come before we need it, but in the midst of our need. So supplication, scripture, a life of surrender. And then after these things, God has supplied another way. And this is through our support. This is through our support system. This is through our friendships and our godly family. After we have spent our time with God, we run to the support that God has lovingly ordained for his people. It wasn't adequate for Adam to live alone. It's not adequate for Christians to live alone. God himself lives in a triune relationship. We have been created for relationships. And part of the purpose in those relationships is to be an encouragement to one another. We see it in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. We see it in Hebrews chapter 10. We see it in Romans chapter 15 we are called to be an encouragement to one another, to build one another up to love and to good deeds. The humble receive renewal from the Holy One through his Holy Spirit. Church, there is no substitute. There is no shortcut to receiving the renewal of strength we need outside of God's supply of grace through his Holy Spirit. There's no other way. You know, Tim Keller, who just recently passed away, he was a, a pastor, apologist, theologian, author uh, in, in New York City. And he wrote these words that I think are helpful as reminders for you and I who have received salvation. And hopefully they are transformative to those of you who are here this morning and you're looking for answers. He says, every other religion and philosophy says that you have to do something to connect to God. Christianity says, no, Jesus Christ came to do for you because you're insufficient what you couldn't do for yourself. 
Every other religion says, here are the answer to the big questions. But Christianity says, Jesus is the answer to all of them. And so many systems of thought appeal to strong, successful people because they play directly into their belief that if you're strong and hardworking enough, you will prevail. But Christianity is not for the strong. It's for everyone, especially for the people who admit that where it really counts, they're weak. It is for people who have the particular kind of strength to admit that their flaws are not superficial, but that their heart is deeply disordered and that they're incapable, because they're insufficient, of rectifying themselves. It is for those who can see their need for a savior, that they need Jesus Christ dying on the cross to put them right with God. The only hope for a life of renewed strength is found in a relationship, in fellowship with the author of all life. We don't receive strength by looking to the false strength that the world offers us. We don't run on hype. We don't run on Duncan. We don't focus on ourselves and need a little bit more treat yourself time. We don't go around chugging Red Bulls so that we can receive our wings. We receive strength as we abide in God and abide in Christ who is our strength. And when we do that, we don't get wings from Red Bull. We soar on wings like eagles because we have divine strength. My prayer for all of us is that we become a church that soars like eagles. We read Ephesians chapter three and we looked at the fact that it is according to the riches of his glory that we are strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. But the passage doesn't end there. It says, if we do that, when that happens, God will do in us and through us more than we could ever ask or imagine. And that is my prayer for us as a church, that as we are strengthened, if we would trust God and he would turn the tap on in our lives to be strengthened in our inner being, then we could do as a church, as we walk faithfully, as we walk with a transformed mind, as we walk in correct worship with a renewed heart, we could do so much more than whatever it is you're thinking right now that you wanna do for God. We could do so much more than anything we could think or imagine. We would run for God and not become faint. We would walk faithfully and we would not grow weary. It's a promise we see in scripture and it comes from a relationship with Jesus when we have humble hearts that are ready to receive the strength that God is willing to supply. Sometimes not on the front end, but in the midst of what we need to do as we walk faithfully, he will supply the strength as we rely on him through his Holy Spirit. And he will do more than we could think or imagine in this church. And so that is my prayer for you this morning. As you go out the rest of the day, as you go out in this holiday weekend, as you go out this week and this month and this year, and until you are called home or Christ comes again, that we would walk as empowered people, that you would walk as people who have had your strength renewed as you have a relationship with the author of your life, the one who has both created you 
and is the caregiver of your soul. That's my heart for you guys. God's word tells us how we can do it. And so I wanna pray toward that end for all of us before we dismiss this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, we do thank you for your word. Lord, I pray the same prayer that Paul prayed for those in Ephesus. That we would kneel before you, the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And I pray that you grant us according to the riches of your glory, according to the divine strength that you have that never grows faint and never grows weary, that we would be strengthened in our inner being with your power through your spirit. Lord, we pray that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. I pray that as we are rooted and firmly established in love, that we would come to a comprehension what the length and width and height and depth of your love is, that it would awaken us, that we would have our strength renewed as we rest in you and your love to know that your love surpasses even our wildest dreams. Pray that we would be filled with the fullness of God. And we pray this, Lord, to you who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us because it is not our power, but it is yours at work in us. And we give you the glory here in this church. In Jesus' name we pray to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope that God uses this message in you to transform you more into the image of Christ. If you have any questions about our church or you want to learn more about Jesus, visit our website at scottshill.org slash next steps. Till next time.